0: i Spaces Hello and welcome to The Ether. Today is Thursday, March 30th, 2023. Today on The Ether, Kajira, a chinwag with Hans, Brett, Dove, and special guests. Let's take a listen.
1: Good evening, everyone. Um, I hope you can hear me. I had one issue before, so if you could just give me a little thumbs up before we kick off, that would be epic or any emoji you feel is better. Cool. Nice. Thank you so much for joining, everyone. Um, just going to probably kind of talk a little bit of shit for a bit for now. Um, I know that Hans is is pulling in and uh, some people are kind of on their way. These things tend to take a bit of time to roll out. And I know, um, yeah, I, I know that people are still jumping in. So, yeah, I'm just kind of gathering the crowd. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a really good one, actually, because – there's been so much going on in the background, so much building actually, which um, we were, that's kind of what we were hoping to highlight in this call among other cool and funny and uh, funny stuff. Probably going to be quite a bit of alpha, uh, but yeah, this is definitely, definitely an important one we think. It's our second uh, chinwag ever, kind of team chinwag. It's good to know that... Um, technically the team has 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 basically grown by them and we've got so many amazing builders either working kind of directly internally with Kajira or um, kind of working as key partners. Um, and I think, yeah, this call is going to be really good to get, to get everyone up to speed with what we've been doing. Um, and, yeah, I think just the cool stuff going on, but more importantly to make everyone kind of understand this whole circular economy, we've we we we've kept banging on about um, the stuff that's being built now is totally key to that. So this really is a way to to get everyone inside our brains a little bit and inside our thinking and to hear from some amazing builders on the space. Uh, of course, there'll be some fun. <laughs> I've, I've been reading tweets about, about a shrimp song that might be sung. So yeah, <laughs> safe to say this could be a funny one, but it's also going to be um, pretty interesting, I'm sure. So yeah, um, I know that some people are still coming on and, um, actually while, while everyone's coming on, uh, I think, I think uh, there's one thing I kind of wanted to mention and it is, it's based on quite a few things that I've been thinking lately and things that I've seen, but I just, before we kick off on all the dev stuff and, and, and all that cool, crazy stuff, I just wanted to talk about the community in general and, what we've seen in the last few months has been pretty spectacular right with community members coming along and really showing their worth helping people out and then starting to launch you know mini projects whether it's whether it's nft collections on stargaze or whether it's building protocols on the chain i just kind of personally wanted to say that it's all so amazing to watch and i think the point i wanted to make is that i think If you look at other ecosystems and maybe not maybe we don't even have to compare but what i've noticed with kujira specifically and i think i saw this with Terra in the early days it's kind of my only reference but what what tends to happen is either you end up being a real community chain or it ends up going a slightly different route so i can get to the point and what i mean by that is what's happened with kujira what i've seen is people are coming on board People that really mean business and really want to be embedded in the ecosystem come along and they will really help people in, in, in the chats and on Twitter, get involved, keep things fun, really make the mood light, just kind of help direct people. And that's been the case for a lot of projects that I've seen, right? Um, if we're just talking on the, on the kind of NFT and the, and the fun side of things, you can look at um, Kujirin's uh, more recently, the shrimps, you know, the, <laughs> there's been a wholesale takeover, which is which is really just fun to see. But more importantly, it's something bigger than that, right? It actually, it spreads the word about the Kujira, even just the brand, right? You can ignore all the rest of it. But if you think about it, even from a branding perspective and from making people realize that there is actually some fun to be had, um, but the fun... And all of that is based on people actually having spent a lot of time and work inside the community, and I think a lot of people tend to come along and think, "Hey, you know, where's my grant? I, you know, I, I want a whole bunch of money, and you know, I want to go and a- approach some committee and get some cash." And they tend to do that before they've kind of done the, the hard yards in the community, right? And from my experience, I've seen that doesn't really work. You can't you can't come along on one on day one. And just say hey you know i have this thing i expect a bunch of money or i I expect a whole bunch of people to just throw money at it it's 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 pretty interesting so yeah i guess i just wanted to say to the entire community and to all the people whether they're making you know whether it's cool nft collections or whether it's building protocols the people that i've seen doing the most are people that have been embedded in the ecosystem and really work for the ecosystem and you know that's that's not kind of some cheesy statement because I've I've seen it. And there's people, pretty much everyone on the call today that will be speaking um, have actually made, um, have done exactly that. They've started by helping the community, getting involved. It could be all the way up to even raising funds for, for other teams, which um, we can speak about, as I say, all the way down to something fun and cool. So, yeah, like a huge thank you to everyone that understands that ethos and Gets involved and gets behind it because, you know, we, we we're not a we're not yet a chain that can claim to have some you know seventy nine trillion dollar um, fund just to hand out willy nilly to literally anyone because they filled out a form. But we are a chain that I think accepts um, great ideas and we work together and we help each other and I think. That's just kind of something I wanted to highlight. I was going to do it later on, but um, just waiting for everyone to, uh, you know, get back from the pub or wherever else. And um, so I thought I would just sneak that one in the beginning. Um, Okay, so cool. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, good to know my own team thinks that's funny. So yeah, so without further ado, I guess, um, I just wanted to, again, mention who's going to be on the call. Of course, it's Mr. Superhands, you can see there. Bretty there with the dog face. Um, we've got Mike from Manta That's Mike in the background behind that beautiful manta ray. Uh, we've got Dozen, of course, um, from Fusion. And we're going to talk a bunch about uh, raises and launches and all those cool things as well. Uh, and then we've got Amit, who I think the community knows by now. Um, granted, I'm not sure how long he can or can't stay or whatever. You know, everyone's super busy, but. Yeah, he's on the call and I'm pretty sure we're going to see some fun from a few other people climbing in. I see the Coogee cast boys here already um, and the shrimp gang and and, and the whole lot. So yeah, I think it's going to be a fun time. Um, So yeah, I think depending on how we all go today, we'll probably just kind of change the order when people come in and out, that's all good. We'll just kind of take the convo in that direction. Um but I think maybe first we kick off Hans and Brett you know maybe we we can just talk about I guess the important things that we've been going through the th- the stuff that we've been working on and what I kind of wanted to dig into a little bit was probably looking at how ghost will impact things going forward right how this money market will actually have an impact on what we're doing and how it kind of completes the circle um in a way, and in, 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 I think a pretty perfect way in terms of the strategies people are going to be able to play, um, and of course, just making Kujira um, a pretty whole DeFi chain. Not notwithstanding all of these amazing protocols that are going to be building on it, which I think is just the building blocks for something really special. So, yeah, I mean, Hans, Brett, like, let's maybe stop, open up the floor with some chats around um you know what ghost can bring and i think more importantly what our old friend orca um is going to be doing um uh, amidst all of this because i think that's going to be really interesting to people the uh, strategies that you can now be able to play on both sides of a particular bid or or lend or borrow um yeah i know we were talking about it uh, early on in the day so. Yeah, let's maybe take people through what um, what is actually going to be available and how it came about.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, there's a few kind of. Can you oh. have to start with? Yeah, there's a few kind of maybe three kind of really exciting pieces I think here. Um, and for those of you that were around for the terror days, you'll be very familiar with the kind of the demand for bidding with AUST. Um, and you know, it was something that we delivered, uh, but it wasn't an elegant solution. It was this kind of janky, um, separate vault that would automatically place your bids and then retract them, and you'd have to pick your risk ratios at which point your bids got submitted and all that kind of stuff. Um, because we have more control over the whole design space now, uh, once Ghost goes live and you deposit your funds and you're, say, lending your USDC or you're lending your USK, um, you'll get your. I'm not going to call it a USK. It's whatever, some prefix, some yield-bearing version of a USK, and that will be the exact token that you bid on Orca with. So there's no, um, you know, there's no kind of risk ratio selection. There's no kind of automatic placing and retracting and all that kind of faff that we have back on Terra. You'll just park your funds there and say, look, I want to buy Atom or I want to buy whatever, um, and I'm going to buy it on the dip. And I'll stick it in ten percent and I'll earn my whatever the interest rate is one, two, three four five percent um, whilst it sits there uh, and you can just let it and test it and forget it, which is kind of the first cool thing um, and then I think what is really interesting on top of that is what is unlocked when as as Dove said you turn this all on its head um, and and allow. Uh, and, and you have these kind of these these short ghost markets, as it were, where you deposit your your stablecoin, your USDC or USK, or whatever, uh, and you borrow your atom against it. Um, and then when those markets need liquidating, you're not selling atom; you're selling USDC. So you're kind of buying atom, really. Um, so suddenly you have this situation where if you want to, if you're looking for a, a strategy to maybe long-term exit a position or something, you know, whatever. Um, you take your Atom, you park it in, in Ghost, you earn your, your uh, safe, sustainable yield on it. Um, and then you take that yield-bearing token and you put that in Orca. And the opposite side of this is instead of... when Orca is a very good dip buying tool when you're on a long market. But when you look at it on a short market, it becomes the opposite. It becomes a very good top selling tool. So you can take your, take your yield-bearing token and you sit there, you're only 5%. And then eventually when the, when the market's right and, and, and you get this local top, uh, you end up selling it for 10% more than it's worth. And I think, yeah, I, I, I've not seen this anywhere before. I feel like this is it's quite a powerful thing. Um, and, and the third piece then is, is the kind of acceleration of, of making this happen, right? Because, um, know, yeah, those of you that are familiar with anchor will, will remember. And yeah, it's the same with, with, with USK, right? You, you could, uh. Um, you just deposit and, and borrow against it. And you've started to see these two and a half X margin positions pop up on, on Fin, which is unlocked by the fact that we have this kind of holistic um, access uh, and, and like atomic access to, to the whole ecosystem, which means that that, that Fin allows you to open a, um, a debt position with your margin amount instead of with the collateral. Um, and once Ghost goes live, Every single pair that you look at on on Finn is going to have that 2.5x, and it's going to have it for long markets and short markets. So everybody depositing money into Ghost is going to be lending to um, to margin traders on Finn. They're going to be lending to borrowers on Ghost. Um, it's all going to be like fueling Zorker fly, Flywheel and um, allowing you to, well, pick your strategy, whether you want to buy the dips or sell the tops or both or, or whatever, really. So, yeah, that's my... Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, yeah, that's wicked, man. Thank you very much for that. Um, I think that's, and and that's why in the beginning I was alluding to the fact that, um, this really is the, it really is the, it's not the final piece of the puzzle by any means. It's the piece of, final piece of the base layer that we have created with Kujira that I think allows for almost infinite protocols and strategies to be built on top of. And that's really what we've been, what we've, what we kept on saying, what we've, what we've been pushing here is making sure that this entire system is really holistic, right? Um, it's not often that you can play all of these different strategies under one roof. And I know that, and some people like to focus on maybe just trading, or or other bits but this is really what we've been pushing so hard and 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 you know we we're glad that everyone's been patient enough I know it's only been eight months but this really we feel is is the key now and and as Hans was saying you know being able to literally play one side or the other or both is going to be really really interesting so um, Hans, I mean, just to just to keep going on the Orca stuff. When it comes to how these markets are actually um, differentiated or segregated, or or all the rest of it, let's just take atom for example. Are people bidding in in kind of one place, um, or, or are these markets going to be kind of separate within within the Orca interface?
2: Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, the Orca interface will house all these markets, but they'll they'll be pairs, just like you have pairs for, for swaps and pairs for well, yeah, pencil swaps. Um uh you have you have USDC, you want to bid on atom liquidations, there's there's one market for that. Um there might be uh, there might be a number of markets that are, are using USDC, uh, using Atoms collateral or, or allow people to borrow USDC, but they'll all be kind of you know in any overlap, anyone anyone that needs to liquidate Atom's USDC will all go to that same market. So um whilst it's probably not the optimal solution, it's, we've kind of taken this approach of making sure that these base building blocks are um, are simple and safe, right? Like, we had a lot of discussions internally about whether each have kind of like, what, what you might term kind of isolated marginal, cross-margin cross margin positions, right? So whether all your collateral can, counts together and all your borrowing counts together, which is, um, it's really attractive from a, a, a user experience point of view, um, but it's a uh, computationally complex problem to solve. Um, and it's opinionated as well, because when you come to liquidations, you have to have opinions about which, uh, which will you want to liquidate first, et cetera. So, so what we're really looking at is building these kind of fundamental building blocks that um, are simple and safe. Uh, and then looking to uh, people with great ideas to to come along and, and build kind of balances and protocols on top of them that. That allow you to kind of create these sort of auto balanced cross margin positions, that that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I I I I hope, and I I I, yeah, really hope to see somebody come along and say, right, we we're building a protocol on top of Orca which allows you to just deposit one type of token, and we're going to manage your bids across all these markets in a kind of smart way. You can either pick a high risk or a low risk, or you know, we'll, we'll, we'll front load them in the in the in the low percentages, or we'll just stick it in the 20 30 percent that kind of thing you know whether it's an opinion and um and, and and you you kind of you want to have uh, some input and, and um, have some options that sort of thing
1: yeah sick so from a um, right now from a ux perspective someone only has to worry about one market that's epic and um as you say it allows uh, people to come along and and build an almost uh, yeah infinite amount of strategies on top of this which then just obviously brings in more liquidity and um, various options and, you know, all, all good things, as you just said now. And actually um, I can leak, I, I won't mention their names or anything, but there is definitely at least one protocol that are um, chatting with us about <clears throat> all sorts of auto balancing stuff and all sorts of, of, of really cool things. You know, you can probably think uh terror people. You could, you could think Nebula, um, And so, people, uh, and that's really why we wanted to jump on this call because we're getting a whole bunch of activity now, really seeing um, a really good flurry of of developers interested in building on the chain, Um, and yeah, lots of protocols. And we'll get to you know we'll get to raises and stuff very soon because there's there's quite a few teams that are really interested in pilot, for example, which I know you know we can chat about a dozen in a bit, but yeah, this is really why we wanted to bring you guys into this and kind of understand um the reason for for everything we've been doing. And um yeah, I think Hans has pretty pretty much summed it up really well there. So um I guess to expand on that, now if we're talking about strategies and, and all sorts of stuff that we can do on Kujira, um Mike Manzadao, um I mean I guess I would love to yeah, I would love to hear from you i guess first of all like why why kujira i guess i've i've probably never really asked you that so this is like a genuine one to one question not me being some kind of presenter but um yeah like what 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 do you find good and attractive about um building on the chain the community pretty much anything before we before we get into kind of some some alpha and specifics yeah
3: yeah thanks hey there um, hey you go. um so so I guess when it comes down to um uh, choosing Kajira, you know, I um for those of you who were on Terra previously, right, I think one of the great things that we saw within Terra early on at least was the sort of the opportunity for composability, right? I think Kajira is one of the very few chains where it has such um, an abundance of opportunity to build upon sort of the base protocols that are there, right? Um a lot of the technology that you guys have built and that the chain has, I think opens up a lot of windows for building protocols on top of. Or allows for you know interoperability between different protocols that can build these core cool products. Um, I think you know a lot of a lot of other chains they sort of focus on just building this kind of closed end product that users can come and use rather than sort of enabling other teams to come and build. Um, I think that Kujir is probably one of the few chains that has um, quite a few um, areas of opportunity where like all of the different pieces are kind of there to start building this array of of different product uh, products and protocols on top of
1: yeah lovely that's great man and um <laughs> i can see you've got uh, heavily into the community which is epic buying your first nft <laughs> suddenly mike is is like nft maxi but yeah that's that's all fun in the community right and they're very receptive
3: yeah man i think i think you know like to be honest it's one of the like crypto can be a very harsh place for people like you know, I'm sure there's days where all of us have felt like horrifically down because the market is doing something or some news has come out. And I think that like some some chains and some like communities are better than others at sort of like getting together, making jokes, having like a theme or like like you know any sort of um, way to try and kind of lift spirits. Um, and I think Kujira is probably one of the strongest communities that I've seen in that regard. Um, you know, it's a bit smaller, it's a bit closer knit, um, but I think that's what kind of makes it so special
1: yeah and nice. i said i don't know if you were on the call but uh you know i was that's kind of how i opened it up i was i wasn't sure where to pop it but just waiting for people to come on i was saying exactly that it's um it's really good and you have these people that have worked super hard um in creating that that environment and they become known in the community even if whether that's in a small or a big way um you know you look at the likes of Cougie Cast, shrimps Cougarans, and and many others you know I obviously can't go through the whole list but um that's been very very cool to to witness, and I think that's really important and you've definitely done the same right you've come in and like kind of always been there um always been helping other teams. I know that i mean you've you, you now have people like working with you um and yeah, I'd be interested to hear how how that's going really um how you guys how it's been going and and the stuff you're working on because I, for one, am incredibly pumped on everything that Mance is doing. And I know that people don't even know the half of it yet, right? I know you've come out with, um, w- you know, with w- with the rooting swaps idea. But, um, yeah, I'd love people to know a bit more about the grand vision because that's almost like a, yeah, it's microscopic in comparison to what you're doing.
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll start with the, like, the the sort of DAO portion of it, right, um, and kind of the idea behind, and sort of like, the direction that, i kind of want it to go and be introduced to the community like as a sort of um as a as a community really like as its own community um i think that I think that you see within a lot of crypto communities, you know, there's there's always been this sort of mindset of like, oh, I wish I could build something, I wish I could be involved with getting something to market, or I have ideas, or you know, I want to be able to contribute in some way. Um, and a lot of people they don't have sort of the technical capability, so they feel sort of discouraged, or they feel like it's out of their reach. And actually, getting involved with that side of things is quite hard. Um, a lot of protocols they have. You know they have a level of governance um but the involvement can be quite small it can be very distant, and it's just kind of like vote yes or no on some idea that someone else has had um so i kind of wanted to create a DAO where people feel a bit more involved it might be a bit smaller um and folks can actually kind of come up with ideas you know there could potentially be a treasury involved where the, the, the people involved with the DAO they can actually like put things out for sort of tender for people to actually develop these ideas that members within the DAO have um, obviously, like starting that from absolutely nothing is pretty hard to do, right? Um, so the idea is kind of like get some projects flowing, get some, something, some sort of product as like a, a seed to pass off to this DAO that they can then manage themselves, the community can be involved with. They can basically say, look, this is the direction we want to take it. This is what we want to build. Um, and they can obviously look at all those different aspects in a much more sort of like hands-on way than a lot of protocols that are just sort of built and um, handled by a team might be. Um, so that's kind of like where the, the DAO side of things comes from. In terms of the grander picture and like the, the seeding with a, a product, like I mentioned, of like how that sort of starts. Um, so I think there's been some sort of lessons that we've learned, I think, with Kujira. Um, like we all realize that like Finn is amazing um, and that the, the order book is sort of the way to go when it comes to trading. Um, but a lot of communities that sort of come into Kujira, a lot of users are very much used to having an AMM experience. Um, we've seen, you know, with quite a few different individuals, they don't quite know how to use an order book initially, um, and it very much becomes sort of an educational challenge. Um, now that challenge can be, you know, if you jump straight into it and it's kind of the only way to trade, it can become a bit off-putting for some users, right? And there are some users that are just sort of set in their ways. They want to use an AMM. They just want to do swaps. Um, we have the swap interfaces on bow and on Blue, obviously. Um, But generally, a lot of the AMMs that are in existence, they allow for basically any token to any token um, interactions. Um, So this started as a project to basically sort of enable the same experience that you would get on Osmosis or get on Uniswap or get on any other AMM. Um, But kind of building that UX on top of FIN, where actually underneath the FIN order books are handling the uh, swaps. Um, But you can still provide liquidity. You can still do sort of this like the typical farms that you would see and then underneath that's kind of just wrapping up you know fin and bow basically um the grander picture i mean i don't know how leaky you want this to get though um but i mean
1: leaky leak no i mean look <laughs> I, I think uh, you know i i think i think we should right i mean i think we're at that pace where we're all moving nice and fast and 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 things are growing so yeah i i really at this point see no reason to 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 not open it up and get people in line with our thinking really
3: sure so i mean so obviously that was sort of the initial gap that um i kind of spotted with like the, the the doing of swaps on like like doing swaps on kujira was basically being able to kind of go from any token to any token and do it in an amm style interface um following that i did a bit of a deeper look and we looked at okay let's check out sort of the DEXs that are available on Cosmos, right? And just look at the liquidity that they have, look at the experience that they have, the trade sizes that they can handle. Cosmos as a whole is a fairly low liquidity ecosystem now. Um, Osmosis is obviously sort of the king of liquidity. Um, And looking at kind of the designs of most DEXs, most DEXs within the whole of DeFi, they they build a one-size-fits-all solution. So they basically say that, you know, no matter what size your trade is, we're going to handle it in this specific way. Um, And what you get is that for small, you know, it's all based around this constant product formula, of X, Y equals K, that kind of Uniswap came up with back in the day, um, where basically the balance of liquidity pools is what determines price. What that means is that when you're doing small swaps, yeah, that's great. You kind of, you get low slippage, you get a decent trade. But as you get larger and larger, uh, the balance of those pools shifts out of um, what kind of should be there for the market price. Um, You end up incurring high slippage and you lose money, right? Um, If you're trading on a typical AMM, like Osmosis or Uniswap, the only way to sort of defeat that is by splitting up your trade into multiple trades and doing it over a period of time. Now, that period of time can be anywhere from, you know, a few minutes to like days, depending on the actual liquidity available within the pool. Um, So kind of analyzing that that is the basic problem that we see with most sectors today. It was, okay, how can we build a DEX that is customized to fit the trade type? So what that means is, you know, at small trades, um, existing solutions might be fine for, you know, like doing those. The slippage might be low. Um, but as we build higher and higher, how do we keep the slippage low and we get the best price for the user compared to other dexes, um, while still being able to kind of like have the available liquidity that we need? Um, so we came up with a solution that basically it splits up the, the trade execution type based upon the, the swap amount that you're actually targeting. So when you do these small trades, um, what you'll be getting is this um, fin order book routing rate. Um, generally fin is very good for trades that are less than about $1,000 in a single swap. Um, and that can be the same for um, a lot of decks as well and a lot of pairs, including Osmosis, depending on the token you're swapping. Once you're in the sort of sub 1000 range, it's very good for slippage. But as you start getting higher and higher, you start basically um, incurring losses because you're moving the price so much. Um, what you can do on a typical AMM is you break up your swap, maybe into a few different trades over five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, and we have sort of perfect tools already within our ecosystem to do that, right? Um, so we have the ability to do DCA swaps. Um, so one thing we'll be incorporating into Mantha is that um, for trades above a certain size, it will be detecting the slippage that you're going to incur on thin. And if that slippage is too high what it's actually going to do is break down those trades into automatic swaps over a series of time to ensure that your swap basically falls under a certain amount of slippage right um that means that you know compared to other dexes uh, what you're actually going to get is a better result on kujira than you'd get anywhere else when you're doing trades of those sizes um that'll generally fall between like one thousand and ten thousand dollars Um, And then once we start getting to these very large infrequent trades, like we see them on a lot of DEXs, right? Some whale has come along, they've swapped a huge amount of a token and they've pushed the price one way or another, right? They've either sold or bought. um, And they've had this huge influence on the the balance of the pools that are there. Um, The whale themselves, they've lost quite a bit of money doing that generally. Um, So one of the ideas that we sort of came up with was Okay, once we get to these sort of really large trades, and those trades can be anywhere from like $10,000 up to, you know, a million dollars at a time, um, how can we handle those trades with very minimal slippage, um, but also, you know, not require gigantic amounts of liquidity? So um, the design that we've kind of come up with is basically using um, some of Kajira's existing tools. Um, so Kajira has its own price article, right on-chain. Um, and that's fantastic because at any given sort of moment in time, we can check these gigantic liquidity venues for what the price of an asset is, um, and we can we can basically do uh, weighting based to, across a period of time to actually see what the price was across that period of time. So over, for example, thirty minutes, we know what the average price was. We can then execute trades at that price, and we can provide a system where if you want to come along with hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, you want to do a trade. What the system will do is it will take in that trade amount it will look at the price over the next 30 minutes and it will execute that trade at the the average price for those 30 minutes using the oracle now this is a really fantastic um sort of system um because it's not gameable right so what you can offer is you can offer liquidity pools with very low tvl that can handle swaps of absolutely gigantic size really right um the reason you can do this is because no one can forecast the price for the next 30 minutes if anyone was able to forecast the price of an asset over the next 30 minutes they would be unbelievably rich right generally markets are unpredictable um over the next 30 minutes anyone who does sort of do a trade that's being executed on the time weighted average price is someone who wants to, wants to purchase long term it's not someone who's trying to take advantage of an arbitrage opportunity or anything like that so, this is kind of a system where you, you basically eliminate toxic order flow, right? You can't be front run. There's no MEV. Um, no one's doing sort of arbitrage, really. Um, and so you can allow users to come across with these gigantic amounts, uh, these gigantic trades. Um, and as long as you have a liquidity pool that matches basically double the trade size, you can accommodate that trade at the current market price. So, if you brought $100,000 over to Osmosis and you wanted to do a trade there, you might incur something like five to ten percent um, slippage, but you come along to Kajira and you can do that with zero point one percent slippage, basically, right?
1: Yeah, fantastic, man. Yeah, I know we've been chatting about this a while, and it's been it's been truly mind blowing. And I guess what you're going to get from that is you're going to see, um, presumably, you would see whales then realizing this and going okay you know and actually getting involved probably in lps right because it it can only really help them in the long run um and again this concept of attracting liquidity but in a in a very efficient way a very capital efficient way as you say because you don't need millions and millions sitting in 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 a pool to be able to execute these trades only to kind of wreck it down to down 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 five or ten percent so yeah that's um honestly fantastic and yeah it's been so good kind of chatting with you about all of this and um really just can't wait for this all to come out man it, it's just it's so it's so epic um I don't know if you did want to share about something else you're playing around with well hardly playing around with <laughs> but like <laughs> up to you not all good if we want to keep a little bit of alpha off the table but this is pretty much alpha supper club I suppose
3: no I mean we, we can do that as well so um so the- so this is kind of a completely separate protocol um, that's being built and is currently actually actively running on Testnet. Um, so we're all kind of aware that, that providing incentives um, that, are, that are basically created through inflation is not a sustainable model. Um, we, have the, we have BO, which is currently kind of our liquidity me- mechanism for spin. Um And over the long term, you know, getting BO to basically be a system where the incentives are sustainable, but also renewable is kind of the end goal um and then also the fact that you know i think as more and more projects they come to fin um there's going to be sort of this fight for getting liquidity right like people want to incentivize their own vote pools they want to be getting people into um, providing liquidity on their token Um, and there's kind of an opportunity there to get those projects basically competing to do that um so the protocol that we currently have on um, testnet doesn't it doesn't currently have its own sort of name or anything um but it provides a, a gauge style interface um it's very similar to how sort of curve provides for liquidity on their pools. um so it will allow users to lock up um kuji um over a period of time that can be anywhere from like one to four years um, and in return what they get from that is they get V kuji right um so that vote escrow kuji can be used to basically direct the rewards from their locked kuji onto different vocals. Um so by locking up your kuji, um you'll be able to basically steer and vote for where rewards from locked kuji will go um within both. Uh with the idea being that obviously you can kind of you have this sort of narrative where projects are basically competing um between each other to get the most of e so that they can steer rewards towards their own um vocals and their own tokens um and i think i think that leads to a a very nice model because it comes because it becomes a lot more sort of sustainable or renewable and you end up with sort of this um really nice um, feedback cycle right where the uh, the bow pools they allow for this activity to happen on fin they generate the revenue for kajira as a whole and that revenue then feeds back into the locked kuji comes through the kuji and is directed back into the bow pools
1: yeah that's that's absolutely wicked and um, I hope it it yeah, can illustrate exactly what we've been saying now about how building these building blocks have been really important to build up. and actually, like I guess I should mention um to everyone that Mike has been insanely um well, helpful isn't the word. um he really is just, uh, yeah, he's the boss, really? um, and he he's been super instrumental in Bo from the start, so. Um I just wanted to mention that yeah definitely the the team behind um manta and whatever products that come out of um you know out, out of what 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 he's kind of directing to be built um <clears throat> it's pretty interesting because he has this really uh, intense knowledge around everything we've built but specifically um things like things like bow um we actually worked in tandem on that, and that's been super helpful so yeah man like uh, from our side honestly just can't wait to see um where this all goes because it's definitely going to be a huge step um for I, I think I think the community are going to be able to a lot of people especially in the early days of course they say you know what can I do with my kuji what you know what can I do with my usk what like what can I actually do in the ecosystem and I know that sometimes those questions can be hard to answer um, unless you've got all these building blocks in place. So now what we've just gone through, um, you know, Orca and various strategies, everything that you guys are going to be building, there's going to be a lot more you can actually do with your assets on the chain. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, with this VEQ stuff, right. The The real sort of, the real benefit and bonus that the community is going to see with there is that there's a lot of kuji that will end up being utilized that can be locked up and basically taken out of circulation for one to four years right um it's going to it's going to basically improve the liquidity that's available for Bo, but it also makes the entire ecosystem a bit more sort of renewable sustainable as well and um, so i think that's fantastic um on sort of the the manta you know swapping side of things um i mean the real goal there is that kujira will be the place to go for swaps it's that we we believe that we can provide a venue where the swap that you will get, you know, the price that you can sell for or the price that you can buy for will be better than anywhere else on Cosmos. And it will be able to do it with just a fraction of the liquidity.
1: Yeah, that's, I think, going to actually legitimately blow some minds because it's pure data. Like, you know, there's, there's nothing really argu- arguable about it. Um, I think when you w- w- when that gets put out to people um and I've seen these graphs and um the actual data it's pretty phenomenal so yeah i think we we legitimately have um an an insane chance to to be exactly that what you've just said you know the place where people can come and actually be um be doing the large trades um not losing you know five to ten percent and that's gonna be kind of ridiculous um so yeah man um yeah mike thank you very much we're definitely going to come back to you for sure I, I, I you know there's no real game plan here just kind of going around and, and chatting to everyone that's involved so yeah like thank you very very much for that and um yeah we'll we'll definitely just we'll chat more sure thanks sweet cool so I think from here, um, Amit, are you, are, you, are you around to chat for a bit? Because I'm sure that people would love to chat about, you know, what you've been doing on Ghost and, yeah, just your, your thoughts, experiences. And, yeah, I, I don't know, just anything you'd like to share around that because it's such a cool protocol. 100%.
4: Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, where do we start even? Um, I think it's not a – it's definitely not a – stretch to call ghost one of the most composable lending protocols i think in all of DeFi um with how it's shaping up to be so we as as hans mentioned we have uh the goal of making a very simple uh kind of building blocks type uh approach to ghost and i personally think that it's going to really allow for like an insane amount of new uh possibilities you know you can integrate a lending market into a lot of things and uh finn shorts are probably just the start um so think uh maybe self-repaying loans on the horizon um and so on um and i think that you know um ghost is probably going to unlock a lot of uh free uh like capital uh, on the ecosystem because you know people People are bullish on crypto. They don't want to sell their crypto. They wanna, they wanna use, they wanna have money in that moment. They need liquidity, but you know, they don't wanna sell, for example, that Bitcoin that they've been having uh saved for for maybe years now, right? And with a lending protocol, you can't really do that. And when you have this lending protocol, suddenly, you know, the whole ecosystem becomes a lot more accessible to you. As like a normal person, and um, I think that it's going to unlock a lot of volume in the ecosystem. Uh, there's a ton of uh, different use cases, as I mentioned, but there's also a ton of existing use cases that, you know, lending markets are not a new thing, but they're a very important thing, uh, and I think that people should be excited. For ghosts, especially since I I don't know how much I can leak here, but we are almost done with this with this uh, initial version of it. Um, I think we have like one more line item before we can fully deploy to testnet. Um, And yes, I will say Hans just sent me a DM leak everything. So, um, we have, (laughs) yeah, we have um, we have one more thing before testnet and. I expect that testnet will be. um, I mean, we are already on testnet. We have uh, our initial, like a minimum viable product on testnet. It's been there for a couple weeks, but the the final version with everything integrated should be should be on testnet. Maybe even before this weekend. And you know, once it's on testnet, it's only a matter of time before mainnet. Um, and so basically how ghost is going to work is um if, if you're not familiar with a lending market let me actually start with that so we have uh depositors we have borrowers depositors have uh, capital just sitting around that they want to put to use borrowers have um you know they have assets that they're not willing to sell but they need liquidity in that moment right so the depositors, what they do is they'll de- deposit, for example, USK into a vault, and um, that vault will then issue them a like a receipt, like a IOU uh, token. So, uh, Anchor folks, that's aUST uh, for us. I don't know what we're going to be calling it yet, uh, but it is going to be a yield-bearing token. So suddenly your u s t or sorry your u s k is is now making interest um which is great because u s k is a debt position right you're paying interest to mint u s k if you can get more interest just holding u s k just depositing it in a vault suddenly you're you're up right um and uh i'll i'll talk I'll touch again on how you can use that yield bearing u s k uh in a bit but now that um you have deposited usk into the vault it allows for a borrower now to put down some collateral so in in my example is bitcoin but it can be anything you can borrow against your Kuji. you can borrow against usdc for example and uh you can borrow usk so what i do is i put down my my collateral i borrow against it uh, up to a max uh, ltv so max risk ratio And so for USK, that's 60% since, you know, we want the the protocol to be safe. We want, um, we want, uh, there not to be bad debt in that system, but for ghost, since it's a lending market, um, no real possibility of, of bad debt on the USK itself, we can increase that LTV. So that's more capital efficient. We're thinking, I think 70, 80% for, for most collaterals. and then the special case here is if you think usdc you think stable i mean let's be honest it is it is stable there has been a small dpeg right recently but uh for the most part it is very very stable that means that you don't expect the the price so to say of usdc to to vary that much so if you deposit usdc into or sorry if you put down USDC as collateral and you borrow USK against it, we can go as high as something like 95% LTV. So you're effectively converting your USDC into USK without actually using USDC as a, as a uh, collateral type for minting USK itself. And that is very desirable for a lot of people because, you know, they want basically uh, their stable swap um and i also briefly mentioned but you can do this with uh kuji tokens as well so you you can easily easily put your kuji down as collateral borrow usk effectively like minted usk against kuji without actually the mint part you've borrowed it right um it allows usk to spread a lot more than before and um then liquidations when they happen when you know. Inevitably, someone rugs your token that you put down as collateral and it goes down in price. Um you can deposit so so depositors now with that A USK token, the yield-bearing USK token, they can bid on Orca uh for those collaterals that people are borrowing USK against. So while your bids are sitting in Orca, they're not just, you know, still uh so to say. They're not just sitting there without generating any interest. You're not missing out on any income because while they're in there as yield bearing USK, they're gaining value. And then at the time where illiquidation liquidation occurs, then you can get these like discounted collaterals. You know, everyone loves Orca. You can get 12 or 10, 12, 30% even uh, discounts on the collateral types. And um, the whole time you're gaining interest. So, you know, if you decide if you decide that maybe you didn't want to, to wait for liquidation, it's not like you just wasted a month or a week or a year with your collaterals or your USK sitting there. It's yield bearing. Um, and the whole thing, it plugs in really well. We have some really exciting things we can do because we can integrate with the stablecoin itself, which is, you know, because we, we have everything in that one ecosystem we can allow things like uh, instant withdrawals um, even during uh, liquidity crunches, which is something that I think we have discussed a little bit. Um, We, yeah, I think we're, we're pretty excited about the the possibilities that ghost adds to this ecosystem. And yeah, I mean, I guess that's about it.
1: Yeah. Nice one. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. And I'm sure like, um that that gives people a really good a really good idea um, and yeah, again, I think it comes down to this whole concept of all these building blocks kind of working together and why they were so important to set up in the first place, um, with Orca really being uh, kind of leading the charge in that in a way, which is I think what's interesting to me is that it's almost um, an approach that has been flipped on its head, right It's kind of like we started by Kind of mastering liquidations right and 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 everything that goes into that, which is really um it, it's a strange thing right like uh, traditionally liquidations have just been handled in a in a in a very um well very uniform manner and and that, that it's it's always been the same um you have you know a small group of liquidators with big pockets and uh, it's billions and billions of dollars. Um, it's it's a necessary evil should i say and i'd like to think that orca itself makes it a lot less evil because you can actually um we've said this before but you can actually hedge against yourself which is it's pretty wild if you think about it and so that's why again we keep banging on about this kind of circular economy and um and and getting each of these building blocks right before expanding um expanding into more protocols and now we can see already that teams are coming along and building on top of these building blocks whether it be bow whether it be orca um, there's kind of an infinite amount of possibilities and um, the more that people participate um, kind of the better it becomes so yeah thank you so much man like it's it really has been a huge pleasure and an honor to have you working like so closely with us literally within the team it's been it's been so great i know that in the past people have kind of wondered um, how we've done all this uh, just with a few of us, but um, the times have changed. You know, we have, we, we, we have amazing devs like yourself, like Mike and um, a good few others on this call who, who couldn't, who couldn't make it, but yeah, it's, it's just been fantastic.
4: No. Well, and it's been a pleasure. You know, I, I'm having a ton of fun working on this stuff. So thanks. Thanks as well. And I still wonder how you guys got so much done with, you know just basically three people
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean um yeah we we we're a bit crazy like that i guess but um it's something that we felt very much obliged to do i suppose um after after everything happened with our previous home um you know still respect again for that you know we always try to integrate um with whoever makes sense but yeah it's 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 been important for us to um to just push hard and um with at the risk of sounding cheesy again, um it really has been a case of just wanting to work incredibly hard so that we can build the space layer and then um have this optimal experience for people building on on the chain so that's really like hopefully what we we're able to illustrate here today you know that um it's an exciting kind of space it's an exciting place to build. I think that there are um a lot of building blocks. Uh, unique building blocks that people can build on, which is pretty interesting. Um, I, I just think again, it comes back to this public uh, liquidation marketplace that is pretty interesting because no one could ever integrate with that before. Like no one could could ever get users, actual um, real users, involved in the liquidation process. So start kind of starting from liquidations moving up has been. Really interesting to us. Instead of going, I guess the 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 conventional routes and looking at everything first, and then coming down to, oh well, what happens when there's liquidations? Oh, I don't know. You know, just get some rich people to to buy them up. So um, <clears throat> yeah, um, it's been a it's been a really good building block for us. It's kind of like been the foundation. Well, it's literally the foundation of of Kujira, uh, I guess from a kind of brand perspective, but. It's it's bigger than that. It's it's the foundation of Kujira. Um, I think from an uh, economy point of view too. So yeah, man, um, fantastic. And if you're around, we'll definitely speak a bit more uh, in a bit. Uh, but yeah, thanks, man. Ghost is going to be really cool. We can't wait. You know, there's nothing um, incredibly wild or or, or um, shape shifting when it comes to ghosts. You know, we it's it, it's a money market. You know, we're not. sometimes there's no need to reinvent the wheel but i think a lot of what Amit said there shows exactly how it can be different when it comes to um an entire ecosystem that is really built on uh, everything from your positives to your negatives taking all of that into account and making sure all these things uh, are, are stable so yeah um again thanks a lot man and um so yeah, Brett. I don't know. I think what I wanted to chat with you about, I suppose, is more. Um, it's more about experience, I think. And when it comes to sonar, and obviously Hans can chip in here, um, and 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 yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot of inputs uh, going in. But when when it comes to sonar, if we can now kind of not take a step back, I suppose it's almost like take a step forward. And look at how this this little app that you hold in your hands is going to be really key to this, um and how this is actually going to be something that becomes again another i think pretty unique thing when it comes to managing such a such a dynamic and circular ecosystem um i don't know, I think as a start brett um You've been in, I guess, design UX. I mean, you're an insane UI developer. I know you don't get enough credit for that, but let's just talk about kind of UX and design. I suppose in a more bro- uh, broad term, like what has it been like developing this app, and what are the what are the things that you see that are are, are cool about it? I suppose. Uh, oh, thanks, Dev. Um, yeah,
5: it's been it's been an interesting one for sure. We for lack of a better word, uh, pivoted so many times in the development of this app. Um, you know, with what we wanted to, to achieve, and you know, I, I think it's important for people to realise that maybe haven't listened to to other um, Twitter spaces we've had or discussions or whatever. That you know, we not with Soda, we're not competing to be you know the chain. I mean, the wallet for the for the interchain, right? Um, you know, um Kepler and uh Station I think are doing a good job of, you know, just sort of trying to abstract where you are within the cosmos and, and then that's all great. Um what we I think really wanna achieve with sonar is just to make it really, really easy for firstly new people to get into the space. Um, you know, to open a wallet. We wanna make it feel familiar. It, it, you know, it should be like you know, downloading it, you set up a wallet. If you don't have it, if you're unfamiliar with the whole thing, how do I onboard some fiat? How do I get into the system? How do I start, you know, maybe my end goal is literally to download a wallet, buy some Kuji, stake it, and then, you know, that's it. Forget about it. You know, it's a little savings account. Um, and alternatively, somebody who might be coming along from, say, Ethereum, who has a wallet has some, has some ether in that wallet, you know, they want to spin it up with the same seed phrase, send that across to, to Kajira and then be able to do something with it or their USDC, um, whatever it might be. Um, And then obviously, you know, interacting with, with all the apps that we have now, all the dApps that we have and, and things that everybody's building uh, like um you know manta and Emits and ghosts and all these all these things and, Kulk and local you know we we wanted to just work seamlessly in in those um areas too um which it will with the with the web and it's really nice that we've moved everything onto the app, so you not we're not building an extension for a browser um you're going to confirm confirm everything on your phone like you would say with a with the bank um with the bank app um which is it's a really nice experience, and it's really fast and responsive um, um sorry, lost my train of thought there um and yeah uh, yeah so like you said, you know we have a we have this big circular economy and um thing of apps, and it's not necessarily an easy one for us to say let's build a an app that's gonna, you know, be used by, by any ch- any chain or network, or whatever, it's easy for them to plug in because we have a pretty like intense requirement for for what we do, especially stuff like managing positions that you've um say minted USK or orders you've you've got in thin. You you want to be able to access those access those really quickly and on the go. You know, something might happen in the market and you quickly want to flip over to Finn and buy something or sell something. Um, so trying to bring that user experience and that UI into into an app has been pretty wild. Um, there's obviously there's a there's a load going on and you'll see that too with Ghost, you know, there's a lot of information that, that you want to see. And that's always a massive challenge is, you know, how do you show this, how do you show people what they need to see and what a power user needs to see. In a way that um, is sort of friendly for somebody who's you know not um, you know just wants to get involved and, and maybe is not so much of a power user and literally just guide them through the process, which we had a pretty good um, pretty good go at with with Bo. Um, there was a lot of sort of back and forth on on that UI too, and hopefully we've learned quite a good quite a bit from from that experience coming into to Sona. Um, so, yeah, that's probably a bit of a ramble, but hopefully makes a bit of sense.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think um, that's dead right, man. Um, the, the the challenge that we've had to experience is definitely um, <clears throat> kind of twofold, I guess. First, realizing that, well, you know, just going out and building another wallet, uh, we could do. But kind of what is the point, right? Um, there are actually some amazing all-purpose wallets out there you know if you look at uh even leap for example i think yeah, sorry, yeah
5: i forgot about them too you know they've they've just launched with with kajira integration so exactly. yeah that's great we don't we, there's no need for us to compete there with those guys you know um but obviously yeah like i said the requirements are a lot bigger than something that you know we don't need to pass on that burden of, of development to to somebody else yeah and building their apps you know
1: yeah, that's it. That's it. One hundred percent. So, I know there's been a lot of kind of questions around um, uh, around that. Basically, like you know, is this just going to be kind of another interchain uh, app? Um, yeah, as Brett says, no, really. Because first of all, why? Right? If we could we could direct people to 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 Station to Kepler to Leap, who have actually been really impressive with their um, yeah with their mobile integration. I, I guess it's Wallet Connect. So you know, technically, you can have the the mobile wallet open. Obviously, that's something that Sonar does out the box, but um, it's a lot more than that. There's there's a um, as Brett's saying, like it's really important to us that you can have an experience much like a bank um, for for within Kujira, right? And the important bit around that is the way we, uh, I guess, are the, the the proposition isn't. This is a wallet, right? The proposition is something a lot more. It's really um, get into DeFi, make your money work for you. Um, It doesn't really actually matter what chain you happen to be on, right? If if on this call, we could all think about this, right? Um, Let's say, for example, someone sees an advert for Sonar and they go, oh, that looks cool. And, And whatever, the proposition is just... Get into DeFi, you know, um, own your own money, all, all, all the rest of it. We could think of a million slogans, but I guess that's really the gist of it, right? Own your own money, own your own keys, own your own crypto, blah, blah, blah. These are the these are the things. And if somebody comes along and sees that and they go, well, that sounds good to me, um, they go in, they download this app called Sonar, and that's kind of it, right? The rest is pretty much abstracted. It's like it doesn't... The fact that we happen to build on the Cosmos SDK, you know, the fact that the fact that we happen to, I guess by virtue of what we're doing, be in this cosmos ecosystem. These are these are things that I think people in the know, probably everyone on this call thinks about a lot. Um, you know, hundred hundred whatever odd people on the call. It's not what most people are considering, really, right? They they they're not actually considering uh where there might be I think I think this is an important step, and then this whole like we're so early thing i we always joke about it um, with our friends and stuff because you know it's kind of become a meme, but we are actually early in terms of uh, I think the adoption aspects of of blockchain and crypto in general, so um, that's one thing for sure <laughs> um, and it becomes it becomes really re- re- relevant when you're building an app like this because you really do need. As much abstraction from um, the, the the political sort of crypto world as you possibly can uh, can do. So, anyway, yeah, as Brett was saying there, that this is something that we really focused on, and <clears throat> yeah, it's it's something that's important to us to kind of pull away all the layers, just. Just download the app, you know, get into crypto um, via Squid and all these amazing services. Now it's only going to get better. You know, there's native USDC around the corner. You know, all these things. Okay, we we know that Cosmos is young and early and all the rest of it, but it's important to consider for us that when somebody goes on and downloads this app, they can basically go on fund their wallet super super fast, either via Ethereum or something, if they if they happen to be there, or they can use Cato or or, or um, local or a number of on-ramps and just get going and get moving within their kind of DeFi experience. But it needs to be an experience that feels to them like something like Revolut or you know some kind of Neo Bank, where it's this kind of modern fluid interesting experience so yeah they, yeah, exactly. um, yeah and yeah.
5: something that's something that's familiar to people you know um i'm sure a lot of people have have done some spun up one of these sort of you know virtual banks that not that you could really call revolute that now but you know back in the day with and there's, but there's still quite a few of them you know it's something it's i suppose it's also it's a good onboarding on to into defi, like you said right um and you know we we in, in the space, we've, you know, like we've spoken about already, there's, there's lending, there's borrowing, there's um, liquidations, there's you know, an exchange. So that there's, a, there's a lot you can do within that ecosystem. So whether it's purely a means to onboard and get yourself involved and that's all you want to do or a means of actually just you know, powering this sort of powerhouse that we're building. You know I think it's I think people are going to be pretty happy with it. we you know i'm I'm very happy with with how everything's coming out so far. And I mean, yeah, all sort of um, technicalities and uh, and sort of launching it aside, I think we can probably get some some betas into people's hands quite soon, right
1: yeah yeah definitely i mean um 100 percent uh i think we all agree that we are super super close Uh, we are more than committed to to april um we don't like to to keep people hanging so yeah i think um i think definitely just do 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 a bit bit of alpha alpha kind of testing and then we're going to get it out but yeah i mean like a a random uh a random one from my side um (laughs) when it comes to to brett and his um, I'll never forget like the only reason I got into UI development was because I visited him once at his at his apartments and he was just sitting there working from home with the like the waves just peeling in the background outside of his apartments and I was and I was like, basically that's the only reason I want to get into web. <laughs> so <laughs> so anyway, uh needless to say, yeah. OG man, thank you very much. Um yeah, just it's obviously an honor working with you for sure. And yeah, this, the, this wallet is, is, is going to be sick. So yeah, I mean, I think for now, um, what do you reckon dozen? Shall we talk about, uh, should we talk about raising launching? Should we talk about now that we've got the building blocks? Should we talk about, you know, people coming along, getting, you know, raising funds and launching and all that good stuff, because it seems like a good kind of segue into, into that really. Just need to,
6: you know, take a moment to pick my jaw up off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been alpha, a bit of alpha here, but you know, it's necessary.
7: Uh, you know,
6: I like uh, it's. I keep getting ragged for dropping the least amount of alpha and and no leaks, and then you guys come and just cheese grater it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you know us by now,
6: so it's yeah, it's it's not even surprising. um I just I, I want to before before we segue into the raising thing, I just want to ra- uh, uh, like come back to something that I think kind of ties all the stuff that Amit and uh, Hans and and Brett have all mentioned, which is really important, and that's that you know the the the, the story arc of Kojira has gone from the the whole look, it's, it's, it's tired, but it's relevant. But that, that, um, you know, Phoenix rising from the ashes story, we've moved on from that. There's now this kind of like, you know, uh, built ourselves up from the, from our own, uh, boot, bootstraps kind of phase where L1 has become established and there's the, the first layer of, um, protocols. And now we're getting into this phase where there's a, there's a, a second wave of protocols and other teams coming to build. And I think that um, with all of that, and I'm I'm building to a point here with all of that, it's also important to start thinking about um, the idea of defy or DeFi, however you want to pronounce it um, along that narrative. And the fact that it's, I think, slowly going to become another one of those things that sort of moves into the background. Yeah. Because um, we, we all, on this call, I, I doubt there's, there's like 100 and some 106 people on this call, and I doubt a single one of you don't know or, or can explain what DeFi means, but that's not the case for the people who are going to be downloading Sonar and using uh, Ghost. They are going to have that level abstracted from them. They're going to, at some point, need to have DeFi explained to them because they're coming out of a system that doesn't really talk about you know, TradFi doesn't talk about itself as TradFi; it's just banking, right, or investment. And I think that we're going to have to um, think about that a lot and start adopting that because we're going to create these systems and these platforms that are just super easy to use, and people are just not to be like, wow, they're just going to be like, "Wow, that's so easy and so effective and so cost-efficient and." And so, like, you know, seeing and experience, and I think that that's the part that I get quite excited about is one of them, is that we're going to move into this phase where we're literally just going to be making stuff that ordinary people, and and I don't say that in like a uh, a mean way, just people who aren't really that invested in the nuts and bolts of what we're building, just want to use the stuff and use it because it works and it works well and it works
1: better than the other options so yeah now let's talk about raising and other stuff yeah Sorry. but actually no good point because um i thought about it was actually something it, it was a comment on good old uh, our friend gary gensler's post right where he's like i'm gonna testify um and whatever but <clears throat> i i i, I, I trolled through that thread as you do just to make yourself more depressed about life um <laughs> and and um, but not, there were a lot of people in there that actually said to him, "Hey man, like why don't you start by um, educating people right around uh, around monetary policy? Why don't you start educating people around what they might have to do right or how they how how systems work? Um, how you know how interest works? How how any of this stuff uh, works? Like well, wh- why don't you actually start there instead of just?" you know, sitting on the top and going, ha ha, we're going to, you know, we're going to grab you when you do something wrong, but we've never explained what you've done wrong. So I know that's sort of left field, but I think it kind of ties into your point there, right? Because it's not, it's not completely abstract, right? Like what we have the opportunity to do here. And I know, you, you know, you personally are a storyteller and all the rest of it. I think it requires people that are um, able to explain things to people in relatively simplistic terms, but not just about explaining to people, but also about educating people. And I know this has been something that you and I go over a hell of a lot, uh, and and we do. You know, we ba- we literally do it every day, pretty much eight hours or nine, ten hours a day. We 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 bounce ideas off each other, and we try to think of ways we can explain this stuff to people. So in in a lot of ways um it's quite a unique uh i guess experience to be able to um talk to people about finance because you know it's obviously not that much different right um if you th- if you think about it at its core inflation is inflation um really it's the same when it comes to a stable coin in in a lot of ways uh, in a lot of ways you're going to have a, a a kind of similar model where you you know you either you either technically printing money or you technically subtracting it from a market right. It's kind of it it, it is it, it, you know it's not like it's not like you can actually literally change um, the core aspects the the you know the very very basic principles. Obviously, most governments have gone to this. Yeah, insanely wild, extreme. But yeah, I think what I'm what I'm getting at is that it is an interesting um, time that we live in. That we actually get to explain to people uh, how these things work, how it can benefit them, how it could not benefit them. You know, all the rest of it. And then we have this ecosystem where people. And I, I, again, it kind of for me it brings it back to liquidations, right? If you if you start from from that kind of thinking. If you start from the thinking of, okay, well, you know, manage your own positions uh, safely and effectively, and then you move upwards from there, it's quite an interesting way to look at it, right? Because most people, like, let's say you're buying a house, most people are going, you know, woo, you know, like fire, fire, bull run, like, we've got this. But not understanding um, the downsides is almost, in my view, way more important right when someone comes along and is repossessing your home and you're like well why the hell is this happening i think it's um largely a lack of probably education because we've i don't know there's people from all over the world in this call but i think one thing that binds us together is i don't think our children go along and learn about monetary policy and anything close to that right you learn um why uh you know why a spider is the shade of color it is and then you you know you sort of leave school and you think wow that was cool i dissected a rat and i sort of know a bit of math and um here we go so yeah i mean maybe that's a good sort of starting point right dozen
6: rats and spiders well <laughs> okay well there's there's a hundred there's a hundred people on this call uh Raise a hand if in your school career they did anything close to the sort of skills you need to navigate like the financial world, just as a, as a normal human being, not as like a financial like industry person. Let's just see how
1: many hands come up. Because I know we didn't get it when I was at school. There's Yeah. There's a, yeah. Pretty sure there it's going to be crickets on those hands. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. There you go. A couple of – Oh, could you doubt? Well, don't <laughs> don't don't show off then.
6: <laughs> so, so I guess that the kind of and that's it, right? Like, there's there's an opportunity here to create a system that doesn't necessarily say like we're here to replace the old one. It's like, well, here's an option, you know. <laughs> here's a choice. You can you can you can choose to participate, and here's why we think it's a good option. But if you don't really want to, that's that's your call too, you know? And if you're coming from a um a space of if you're making a decision out of like ignorance, right? Like that's not really your fault. Or I, I should say like if you make a decision out of like yeah, you know, like from being naive, it's it's not really your fault. But if you get given the option and then you weigh the option up and then you decide, well, that's the parliament. And um I think that a lot of what we're doing is going to need to go that route because we need to show people that there are other options other than just, you know, handing over big chunks of um of interest or fees to people who
1: aren't necessarily earning them. Like maybe maybe I should stop. Here, so, um no no no. Yeah, yeah, no, it, 100%. That's um that's basically it and so yeah, a, a lot of this comes comes down to um educational uh stuff really and uh, i i think that's it's it's a good space and i know that um the Kuji cast boys and you know we, we've been talking with them and there's loads of stuff going on and you know the what, what i think is cool about this space is right you can you can mix fun with education right which i guess is not something if you were doing a, a, a tax course in your high school or your college it's uh, <laughs> it wouldn't really well, feel like that <laughs> I think I think like
6: it's an important point, right? Because you don't necessarily let me put it this way. Like you don't necessarily want your um, your your like if you have a have a financial advisor, you don't necessarily want your financial report, your quarterly financial report, to like start and end with a knock knock joke. But you also want to be able to talk to the, the guy like a human being, right? right? So it's that balance of the two things. Like you want it to be serious, or at least like. Um, you know like straightforward when it needs to be but it doesn't have to be like this cold sterile thing 100% of the time and I think that's where the guys like the the Kujicast the NFT crews the Kujirans the um, you know the shrimp avatars all those kinds of things come in and they, they they create a sense of like humanity so that other things can be like okay cool we we can we can continue with this and we don't have to try and like lighten the mood because there's other stuff that we're doing and it's all very complimentary you
3: know? yeah and i mean yeah. that in
6: the sense that they compliment
1: one another not like you know hey now nice shoot yeah man that's that's fantastic and like i'm really glad yeah I, I'm i'm glad you said that because that's exactly how I've been feeling, right? And that's why I opened the call with that kind of community discussion because it's exactly mm. that. It doesn't. It, it, it doesn't mean that we need to be all doom and gloom. It's like, well, let's you know, let's have some fun. Let's let's have a cool ecosystem, right? And uh, I mean, compare that to whatever we experience now, right? I mean, it's got to be infinitely better. Where you just you just a, 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 an ID on someone's book and. Um, yeah, it's, it's very sterile. It's very dry. You don't get any information. So anyway, all of these things are obviously things that we're working super hard on. Um, and yeah, via, uh, and we're all, by the way, we're all involved to a large degree. You know, we, we, uh, even we, we, get stuck into the conversations, whether it's shrimps or, you know, I mean, that's that we even put the, the avatar on because, the reason we're doing that isn't just because we feel like we're goofing around it's it's bigger than that it's it's about community it's about um actually garnering um the respect from people first of all for them to say okay you know we we think you know you guys are actually human because we are um but it's important to show that i think and second of all um, as, as you said, Dawson, there, there's a lot more to this than just like the technicalities behind it. You know, there's so many little nuances. There's the human element. There's a the kind of, um, there, there, there are so many things that people uh, think and feel. And I, I guess we never, I, I don't think we ever really grow up, right? Um, in a lot of ways, we 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 grow older, but we don't, we, we, we always appreciate fun and and all that kind of stuff. And when you think about finance, it represents almost the complete opposite. So that's what I think is quite key in terms of the whole ecosystem is like this cool balance of uh, fun um, people just getting out there, you know, maybe buying their first NFT like Mike, you know, obviously a, a blockchain noob um, <laughs> and then all the way through to people that um that are that that are hardcore users and i i think this is something that's pretty exciting i suppose the closest thing you get is a is a kind of revolute you know if you know what i mean like uh, i know i always bring it up but i guess they in the traditional web 2 kind of space i guess they kind of bring that slight feeling of hey you know this can be accessible and maybe a little bit fun and all the rest of it but i think we have an opportunity to um to really expand those horizons and that's why all the everything everyone said around sonar and ghost and all the whole ecosystem i think it all it, it definitely all blends into and 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 the ecosystem in general and people creating nfts and uh, bringing people in and i think people kind of um yeah i i i think i think all of these things glue together in in something that's quite quite interesting so yeah yeah and
6: I think um it's uh it's starting to show because you know like we had uh we had pilots kind of spring up out of nowhere and and everyone I think got a bit of a bit of a surprise from that and took a step back and then started to um you know contemplate the the possibilities of, of that mechanic. And you know there's 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 already I mean, quite a few conversations happening about little ideas that might one day turn into into something much bigger and it doesn't have to always be the same old same old and it doesn't always have to be this like dry um like you know where's the utility where's the value accrual approach some of these things are just going to be fun but the 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 value that they bring is is that is that fun you know like like what would it be like if none of it was stable it would certainly be worth a lot less. So that funding must have value too. Yeah. one hundred. If you want to take that, if you want to take that very
5: like bottom
1: line. Approach yeah, it. exactly. Exactly. So a uh, dozen from your side, um, you mm-hmm. want to talk about the various uh, raise mechanics. I mean, I don't think we, you know, it's up to you, but I think it's it'll be interesting for people to understand like the various mechanics that, Uh, you know you guys might be thinking of that we might be thinking of um you know feel free to say whatever you feel but (laughs) i think it's important no i think it's important you know bringing bringing people into this ecosystem is uh pretty paramount right um it's kind of like when you when you when all these conversations we've had now have been about you know sort of hardcore building you know people coming along and integrating into these services and building layers on top of them and you know all this kind of stuff whereas raising for projects is kind of abstracted from that in a lot of ways right it's um it's sort of it's it's its its own animal and it has its own uh yeah, energy and it has its own uh, shit that it needs to deal with and, and it's people managing and all that. So, I mean, I think people might be interested to understand the thinking around raise mechanics and, and how it works. I mean, we, we, obviously, we can't go too deep, but, um, yeah, just a, an overview of, of, I guess, what we're thinking.
6: So, I guess, I guess something that is relevant is, like, most of the people who I think are raising or, or, or approaching raising haven't done it before. You know, it's not like they're serial entrepreneurs who they're like, oh yeah, this is my fifth raise um, and, and will be my fifth exit, you know? So I think that's actually quite an interesting starting point. Um, so you've got the guys on the, on the side who are evaluating raises and looking through tokenomics and, and um, deciding whether they want to buy this or not and, and trying to forecast whether the project is going to be successful or not. This is like the game, right? This is the thing they do over and over and over again, and very often the guy on the other side, they it's their first time, and it will be the only time they do it because they'll build the project, and then that will, if it's successful, that will probably be. Well, it won't be the only time, but it probably won't be something they
1: do every other you know, month.
6: Um, so I think that's the first point: is that like I think raising is a is a scary and exciting and Novel, novel experience that requires a lot of conversation, a lot of feedback um, and, and a lot of counsel because there are a lot of people out there as well who kind of are like that, that coach role, right, where they might have done it once before, done it a few times, but they've got a lot of insight and wisdom that they're willing to pass on and share. And, um, and it's good to listen to those, those people, but it's also good to kind of do it yourself, right? So that's that's like one thing, and I think the the second thing is that just the as, as the, the crypto space evolves, whether it's from more people getting involved or more people having gone through the, the the bull and the bear cycles and and having that experience behind them, or the just the natural innovation of the space and 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 people trying things that haven't been tried before, because that's how stuff evolves. I think that the the raising space is going to see a lot of changes. And we talked a little bit about it when we, when we described pilots and how um, it kind of creates that balance. Like on the one hand, you've got like a normal straightforward launch where it's like, you know, this is the price of the token and this is the quantity and off you go. And on the other side, you've got like something like an LBP where the price is not set, but the quantity is, and everyone gets the token at the same price. And now what we've done, with pilot, is we've said, okay, well, the price can be anything from here to here, and we'll set those parameters up front, um, and the quantity. But what happens, you know, after the bell rings uh, through to you know the final minutes, is in the hands of the market. And now you've got the situation where there's a dynamic at play because your guys who are raising have to obviously try and they have to know how much they need to raise for whatever they're raising for. And I'll get to that in a moment. And on the other side, you've got the market and they're like, we need to have enough people with enough information to be able to make an informed decision about whether we think the thing that we're being asked to buy and the price we're being asked to pay is, um, is correct. You know, and now everyone can make their own decision. Everyone involved on the bidding side can look at that and go, I'll pay that much, or I'll pay much less, I'll pay that much, and I won't pay a penny more. And if that's the case, you don't have to, you don't have to participate. Um, and if uh, you believe in the project, you can pay as much as you want to secure your, your piece. The, the hard part for the Razor is that they have to decide that, like, they have to gauge where they think that, that bandwidth is, where they think that, that range is, before they do a raise. And I think what we're going to see, this is, this is just my opinion, but I think what we're going to see is we're going to have guys raising, almost going through the whole process of like an angel round, like a venture cap round, a, a private sale round, and then a public round as they develop their projects. And so you will say, okay, well, we've got this, this concept, um, And we need a little bit of money just to flesh it out. And they're going to do an angel round. And that is a big risk reward thing. If you want to be involved in that round, you're taking on a big risk. And the reward will be good if you're right. um, But it's probably going to be a long-term thing. And then you've got the venture cap round, which will be like, well, you know, we fleshed it out. We've done a bit more research. We maybe have an MVP or, or, or something like that. We need a bit more uh, investment so that we can get the runway to get to the next milestone. And then the risk reward is a little little less extreme because, you know, there's a little bit of history and you can see what they've done. The guys are now that much more experienced and, and further down the path. And then you'll have the next phase, which will be kind of like probably a, a, a limited exposure thing where you'll have a few more people who are in the know. Let's not call them the bleeding edge, let's say like early adopters, are looking out for this kind of thing and they're going okay cool well you know the the angel cap's done the venture round is done the mvp is done we're moving towards beta testing um you know we think we've got something really solid here now we need to make this blow up and get ourselves over the line and, and and go public with it and and I think then your risk-reward is, is slightly less, but still, you know, I think, like, you can see what I mean. As you move from, like, hey, I've got an idea to, like, um, you know, you can download this thing and start using it today, the, the risk-reward ratio change and the amount of funding that you need develops along the way. And I think that we're going to see teams taking that approach a little bit more in the crypto space than they have before, which was, like you know here's a white paper um to be all money, and then maybe i'll meet my milestones maybe i won't <laughs>
1: yeah 100% and uh yeah like that's fantastic like everything you've just uh, said there just reminded me of uh yeah of that 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 era before right we've all been there um, um well some of us have right 2017 uh, you know, throwing stupid amounts of money at someone with a w- w- that happens to have a website. <laughs> you know, so what? What I've no, no. Int- if,
2: yeah. if, they,
1: if they were launching a website? Was, <laughs> if an announcement about a website coming was a was oh a yeah good, uh, multiplier of token <laughs> price. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so there we go. Yeah, Brett, Brett's right. So exactly that. So. Uh, you know, maybe what uh, are we are we making the space more boring? Well, who knows? But um, what we what what this mechanic does do, and if you think about it, like based on what uh, doesn't said now, if you think about uh, just to shed some lights on on the pilot um, mechanism, so you can you could actually set up a sale that has um a, a max discount of say 95% right obviously a hundred <laughs> wouldn't make sense because you'd be wrecked but um so 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 hear us out on this right if you if you are actually a project that wants to come along and 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 back yourselves with what you are doing you can raise X amount of money that X is gonna vary right of course but it literally is price discovery pre um, pre launch pre dex, you know, which is mm. something that is I think um, really really interesting because you're gonna you, you're gonna get people that go well I I feel like I want to pay X and someone else feels like I want to pay Y and they are either going to be in or out of that sale depending on where their price was <laughs> now. Everyone always bangs on about wanting things to be fair. And, and so with, with pilots, uh, there's nothing unfair about it. Basically, you can go in, li- quite literally, you can go in and say, okay, the price is a dollar. Um, I'm only happy with, you know, a 25% discount and I, and I stick my bid in and it's either going to hit or it's not. No one has to race to the front of the queue. No one has any... Uh, advantage of being faster than the other same as orca there's no fastest finger first but what you have here is you have a, a pretty interesting concept of of hopefully well they'd have to be honest builders right like basically pilot filters out anyone that's having a laugh if if your evaluation and everything is is completely f- fucking skewed you are simply not going to sell out and if your evaluation and every and everything that you do and your, you know, all sorts of community participation, all that stuff is is good. You are going to sell out. So now suddenly we have teams that actually have to have to understand their their product, their 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 market cap, all of that stuff. They basically have to get it right because they won't be able to raise unless those conditions are met. And if they are. And here's the flip side. That might sound like, well, why would people raise and all and all the rest of it? Well, if they are successful and if their um projections are um you know correct and 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 legitimate, then you're gonna have people selling out on pretty much the most fair system you could ever imagine, a Q-based system that doesn't um, it, 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 it there's no advantage for anyone that comes along first or last or anything. You simply place your bids and you know what? you might you might have bid too low, you might have bid too high, but you are going to be protected. And also, if the the sale doesn't sell out, um, the wholesale sale isn't going to trigger. And yes, there are mechanisms we can put in place. People could decide to have a sixty percent or eighty percent threshold, but you know you really want those sales to be uh selling out so I think what it means is people have to come to the party, they have to know their worth, they have to be okay you know very um they have to be very astute when it comes to their numbers, and we'd like to think this is a this is a way of fair raising yeah yeah and and i think it's
6: it's just it's worth noting as well that we've got plenty of like let's call them like energetic debates, but like between the guys and the teams about think about these, these different times, right? like things like, should you be allowed to cancel your bids? Uh, should you, uh, should, um, the raising teams be able to set the quorum? And, and, and I think that like the more power we put in the hands of the launcher right in the beginning is, is, is fantastic because the more responsibility they have for their raise. And, like, you might have someone who says, if I don't raise 100%, I don't want the sale to go through. And you could have someone else who's like, no, my, my platform and, and my structure, I'm totally cool with only raising 75%. And then the, the participants who come along after the fact, after these guys have put their sale up, they get to look at it and go, well, how does, how does the launchers' choice of quorum impact my decision on whether I want to participate or not? How does it affect how I see the future of this protocol? And they then have more information to make a call with,
1: right? Yeah, sick. Totally. Yeah, it it makes a lot of sense, man. And um, yeah, it doesn't, I don't know. Yeah, so I think I'm going to... That's epic. Like, So, I know that the the Fusion guys have a lot more alpha hidden behind their belts, but... um, we're gonna. It's safe to say there's going to be a whole bunch of uh, raise mechanics and different stuff. You know, there's going to be different ways to raise, but the pilot raise is, um, yeah, something we really think is is really fair. Um, it, it, it's something that we've always tried to do at Kujera, right? And um, with everything from Orca to Finn to. To basically anything across the ecosystem, there's never any bias in terms of your trades or your bids or anything like that, and 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 it remains the same when it comes to fundraising. So this is like a really important point that we that we really want to get across, right? So you are free to come along and place your uh, either fin um, order or your uh, your orca bid at X, but you know if it hits, it's going to be fairly hits. In other words if you and your friend jump into a the 20% pool um, on either Orca or Pilot, depending on if you're bidding on a liquidation or a raise, um, if you both come in at the 20% pool and you both put in $1,000 each um, and that, that pool happens to get hit, uh, very slightly different dynamics, but not really, um, in the case of liquidations, if, if if there was so much liquidations that it came up to 20% or if the pilot raise mechanics, uh, uh, should I say the demand for the token reaches where you wanted your discount at, you will be guaranteed to be split exactly in half, whatever earnings, winnings, whatever you want to call that in that in particular bucket, which is really important to us, right? There is literally no possible, no possible mm. way for the system to go, hey, well dozen, you know, dozen placed his um, his bid first at twenty percent, therefore Dove, you know, gets less than him. And 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 yeah. so this is quite interesting, I think, when it comes to the yeah, the whole mindset around um Gains or, or or winnings or earnings or whatever or pre-sale tokens or anything you can think of because, um, yeah, a lot of us have been there, you know, and seeing that little running man, <laughs> you know, in, in in the good old days, uh, you know, you you'll you will you number like five zillion in the queue and all that stuff. So right now you're just there, you just have your bid, right, and the market the market quite literally dictates whether you come in or you, or you don't now. Isn't this a better prospect? Like, isn't isn't you know you going, oh, okay, actually the token was only worth a five percent discount better than oh well, you know, I'm gonna like click this button, hope for the best, and then just hope that everything because ultimately the demand literally comes back to you. If it was a if if there was too much demand and you got in, well, you're not complaining. If there was too little demand, you <laughs> you literally just have to retract your bid and carry on with your life. So yeah, I, th- I think these are pretty good things. Yeah,
6: and I think that, the, that that's exactly it, right? Like it, there's still a certain amount of um, game theory. There's a lot. Sometimes, a lot, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty, but ultimately it comes down to you. you <laughs> it's as sovereign as it gets, right? Every single, every single bidder is going to do something different. Um, depending on where they put their amounts, where they put stuff, um, bids in or or cancel bids, every single person is going to have a different strategy that suits their level of decision-making. And and that, to me, is is very cool.
2: Um,
6: Very, very cool. I think it's going to be
1: exciting. Yeah, nice. Epic dozen. Thank you so much, man. Always a pleasure to chat um hans did you want to maybe drop some bombs here on the on the people or
2: how are we looking uh yeah i think it just went live um yeah kind of i don't know uh we can do um so do do we want a preamble or just want to like go for the go for the jugular here um i mean maybe go midway just a midway. little little flush <laughs> little well, flush like, before you hit it we, we, yeah. we all know what usdc is right and we all know that usdc has come as cosmos um and we all want a piece of that action right um and noble went live what, three days ago started producing blocks uh and cosmos chain they have ibc you can create an ibc connection and um the great thing about ibc is that the local representation. So once a token arrives from its native chain to the destination chain, the representation of that token is deterministic. So if you know what the representation of that token is on the foreign chain and you know what your connection is, you can then compute the version of it uh, on your local chain. And that's 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 what happened with Mars. Um, so before they enabled IBC, we could set things up, we get it ready to, to trade. Um and we kind of you know Finn was was there to provide some fair price discovery. Um we, we, yeah, we've been chatting, we've worked quite closely with the with the Noble team and um we've done we've got the same thing with USDC now. Uh so as of about three minutes ago, there is now an actual USDC native USDC pair on finn where you can place your actual USDC currently for uh and you can set it for USDC. So um yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it's it's a thing that, uh, that an order book allows that, that an A M M just just can't achieve because you can't trade on an A M M without having liquidity provided um, in this passive pool. But because trades and uh, limit orders are kind of what you might call active liquidity in an order book, we can open it one sided and everyone can come in and you can place your your sells or your actual U S D C and uh into the the native usdc ecosystem as soon as it goes live so yeah that's that
1: yeah fantastic so um yeah i pasted the link into um the kujira telegram chat for those who are interested but yeah you know we don't like to kind of wait around um uh we i, I think aside from whatever comments about usdc we have um as Hans is saying, you know, that this is not something that you want to ignore. Um, it's important liquidity. I think that people should be looking at stable coins in general as, um, you know, on and on an off ramps and obviously being sensible. Um, and then I guess in the case of Kujira, we, 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 we're not going to change our stance in terms of how we view our own stable coin. But of course, when it comes to liquidity and um, and all that stuff in general, we always want to be at the forefront of everything that's going on. And that's really something that we pride ourselves on because this is important, right? We need to follow the developments. We need to be swift. We need to be quick. And, um, yeah, so this is uh, something really exciting to us. And, um, yeah, so that's another, hopefully another bit of good alpha for, for everyone there. Um, this puts Kujira, I think at the forefront of most of cosmos liquidity and, um, yeah we, we we as i say this is going to be something that we won't ever shy away from we're always going to be at the forefront of whatever's going on within the cosmos and in general um because in going back to what i said w- w- way early on in the chat um we view Kajira as um as a def as a defi hub we don't we don't view it as a cosmos hub and that's not some people kind of get us wrong when we say that this isn't a a snub on the cosmos. I think it's actually the opposite. I think that if more projects and protocols and chains viewed it as such, we we might be in a different position. I think the tech that you that you happen to be built on doesn't shouldn't have any implication on how you can expand and how you can make um, amazing uh, financial ecosystems for people. Right? So I think that's pretty important and. You know, for all the, this could be another conversation, but for all the drama with Terra, I think what it did prove is that, you know, the fact, like where you happen to be built on does not determine how much success you can have or liquidity, or all these things. And I think a lot of people are getting this a bit skewed, right? They look at the next shiny thing and they move on, which is natural, you know, that's that's crypto, that's blockchain. Um, which is fine, but you have to remember that this has already been proved, right? It's been proved, um, yeah, it's been proved pretty much definitively. And yes, I'm sure a lot of people on this, yeah, I get it. There's, you know, there's UST and there's the, the, you know, whatever, the interest and all that. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking from a purely technical factor where you happen to build your tech on does not define where and how and how you know big or how successful or how efficient should i say your your project can be and i think that's probably something that i'd really like to um yeah i don't know i'd really like people to kind of sit with a bit because it it is pretty important right um there's a lot of talk around the cosmos in general but i think I think hopefully all of us can get to that point where we get, we get to this point where, you know, hang on, think about the new user, right? At the, you know It's a bear market. Um, it's been for, for a while now. You know, you have people uh, recycling the same old money, and I think we all know that. But when it comes to these um, injections, I guess, of capital from, from people outside of A, the ecosystem, or B, even uh, the blockchain in general, um there's a there, there's still a lot of room here and this isn't to say hey you know kuji to the moon that's ridiculous what i'm talking about is pure ux pure adoption pure like getting people in, in into the system hopefully in a way that makes them feel like wow this is easy to use you know come back to sonar hey there's an ecosystem come back to everything we've spoken about and um yeah, they can they can get involved in in a way that actually makes them feel like the experience is good, but also uh, there's a backbone to the whole economy, right? So um, yeah, I mean it's uh, this chat has been going on a while. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Like, I haven't really thought about this, but I guess if anyone has a has a question or two, yeah, let's open it up. I know it's been going on two hours. People are probably bored. So yeah, I don't expect. Um, don't expect anyone to go along. Hopefully there's been a lot of like um, interesting info, alpha, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's us. So I, I don't know. I guess uh, request to speak if you want to uh, shoot anyone on, on anyone in the speakers um, uh, a question. And, and yeah, we can take it from there. And then cue this like awkward silence while um, people either do or don't ask questions. Oh, Cedric. Okay. As long as you're going to sing that, <laughs> that anthem, um, I'm good. Okay. Cedric's connection taking about four hours to load, but um, he's probably in, in some obscure place.
6: I want to apologize for apparently having an absolutely awful internet connection. The the mouse and the wheel is not running fast enough. Sorry.
1: Typical.
4: I'm not sure if it's you or if it's Twitter. I can hear you just fine. I've been hearing you just fine
1: yeah he's he's good there were, there were a couple of breaks cedric your your connection is just spinning like hell. I'm sure you're probably on like a an island in the Bermuda, um living the dream from the shrimp gang gains and and all that. um so yeah, we will definitely get get to you as soon as you come online. Um, yeah, okay. The king of Rio coming up. And Cedric again, I guess. Hello, mates. How are you? I'm
7: fine. I'm fine. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sing. That's uh, Duart's uh, job. But uh, I, I had like a semi- semi-serious question. So the, the 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 biggest hurdle I see when normies are coming onto custody blockchain self custody of their is is that passphrase that 12 or 24 uh, word passphrase, right? You got to to keep like three copies of this in three different homes. Uh, will Sona help in in this way? Will there be some uh, non custodial part of it, or
1: can can you please talk a little on that? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question, Brett and and James. I don't know if you guys want to want to maybe look at that. I mean, uh, Brett, I know I know we've gone through a lot of you know, iterations and stuff. But um, I think where we landed on was probably keeping that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah,
5: exactly. I mean, we did consider it. We considered um, generating a seed phrase with uh, biometrics. Um, but that's obviously, it poses a massive security Right, with the way the world's heading with, you know, CCTV all over the place. Or you know, literally, somebody literally running up to you on the street with a you know, taking a picture of your face or doing something like that. So so that kind of blew that out the water very quickly. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, it sort of comes with the territory, right? Um, this is this is a way that you that you need to secure your your funds. You know, you are essentially the bank in this case. Um, so nobody else can take responsibility for that without you. But sort of in our onboarding thing too, we've we've tried to, to simplify that. Um, you know, if you're creating a new wallet, it gives you a pretty easy option to just sort of save that to your device somewhere um, or, you know, print it straight off there and, you know, keep it completely offline, stick it in a safe, something like that, and then, you know, confirm it. Um, it's yeah, I agree. It is a bit of a um, bit of a clunky solution for for this, but I, I do think it's necessary. Um, we also don't want to you know sort of hold anybody else's data and create a security risk there or do it via email because you know that's also completely unreliable. Um, at the end of the day, the best thing literally is to, I guess, print it out and stick it in a safe or store it on a USB stick somewhere or, I don't know, give print out all 24 words and give one to each friend of yours and have them memorize it.
7: I, I know it's like for us nerding away, it's, it's, it's like that like, I, I, I tried to, to make my girlfriend go into, or like my fiance go into crypto. She's been watching me like side by side for two years. As soon as I told her, okay, you need to take really good care of this. She was like, okay, I'm out. You, you, <laughs> do, this. you do this for me. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I can't win with this. With these people. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah, that's... Um- Carry on, doing.
6: That's kind of the point that uh, we were making earlier, right? Like you, you can give people an option and then they have an option and they can choose to take part or they can choose not to. Um, right now, a lot of people don't have an option, um, but at mm-hmm. least this way they get presented with one and they make the decision. Uh, I was just going to ask something else about, like it just occurred to me now, we're all like English language speaking natively, um, I wonder if seed phrases in other languages would be something that would help a lot of people. You know, like do you want For- your seed phrase in, in Spanish or Mandarin or Portuguese or
5: I think purely from a technical point of view that the the sort of encryption library is unfortunately English words. So unless you're gonna translate them, I suppose it's possible, but yeah kind of is what it is i mean it's one of those things where you sort of you know it's uh you know back in the day you 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 had a private a private key and your public key and um you know you you save that in a, in a seed phrase as a sort of easier way to generate that and type it out i guess
1: okay yeah yeah so you know I, but bear in mind this is something that's going to be adaptable right i don't think you want to really be you know, the very first people. Okay, so just to take it back a step, the um, the security when it comes to sonar is basically all handled on your device. So that's one thing that we should bear in mind. I'm not talking about the kind of UX issue of someone going, you know, what is this 12 or 24 word phrase? But I think it does come back down to education rights. And this is something that we can push extremely hard um, while the industry is in this particular phase. Um, I think that that's something that we can really try and make people understand, right? Because it just seems different, right? But what is the difference in a lot of ways? It's like you you, you probably have saved. I mean, I, I assume that your fiance girlfriend, um, you know, has has. You know, had to save some detail somewhere, right? So, if you think about it, it it's not wildly different. It's more just like you—you—you you, you had a password before, and now you have this like set of words. So that—that that thing looks strange. So, I think this is—it might sound a bit idealistic, but I think it's almost something that everyone in crypto should be kind of helping everyone else around, right? Um, I mean, I don't know, just for example, I've gotten like my dad and my stepdad, <laughs> you know, these, these guys are like, they have no idea, right? Absolutely no idea. But they, you know, they hear about the rumblings, you know, they want to get in on something and they, they kind of make an effort to get it sorted. And it is a bit of a mission. But what I've also seen is the exact same thing when it comes to say, setting up a transfer account or so, you know, something like that. Um, and I know that's kind of on the extreme of of you know of the scale now we I'm talking about you know like our older generation, but I think this is something that maybe we could all spend a bit more time exploring, right There's a lot of like content creators, a lot of innovators um a lot of people that are outside of pure tech on this call, and I think making this stuff familiar is hopefully something that we can all get behind right um and we probably all i think we are all guilty right of going too far in this step you know we we, we get on calls and videos and we talk about you know bidding on liquidations and doing all this crazy stuff and probably people are just like "Cracky, how do i how do i create a wallet so although the Sonar app still has its same aspect. maybe it's a case of people kind of banding together and actually making people understand why a 12 or 24 word phrase is more secure than your password, which is like my family name plus one, two, three. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, it's, it, it's one of those things.
5: Yeah, exactly. I mean, trying to crack a 24 word seed phrase is going to take billions of years well, don't quote me on that, but you know, it's, it's an infinite amount of time that, but, but you know, to try and reinvent that wheel is, it's something that we definitely looked at for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we're not going to do, we're not going to do it better than that. And trying to do that just creates a security risk that we don't want to do. Um, because you know how we've built this, we do think it's very secure. um, so yeah, I think like like Dave said, you know, it's a it's a case of this is, um, you know, this is how we um, educate people. Uh, like you say, you know, if you set up a bank, you know, the bank is going to hold on all, all your information. You are the bank in this case. Um, but yeah, not not saying that that's not always going to be the case. Um, there's definitely. Uh, definitely a room for discussion about how we can make this easier for people, but yeah, I think for for version one,
1: that's the way we're going to roll. I think let's keep it keep it basic. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think that's it, right? I mean, you don't want to be the, the you know the first wallet that goes off with uh, you know biometrics only, which we have, by the way. Because so obviously you have biometric flows and uh, passcodes and all that within the app which is, which is cool. So, you know, there is that stuff in app that allows you to do certain things. But I think from a pure kind of account creation perspective, um, you know, I think you need to be a little bit careful, right? We don't want to be the first (laughs) um, app. I don't want to call it a wallet, but let's say that for the sake of the argument, where, you know, um, someone is getting crazy with AI. and I mean, it gets a bit, uh it gets a bit movie-like right so you don't want to be uh doing a face-off for people too and obviously you know i, I get it kajira is still growing and all that but yeah for now we just want to make sure people are as safe as possible but yeah definitely a good point and it, it's certainly something something we've talked about for ages and ages and um we're always going to refine, but yeah, I think we we need to try and stick to at least some norms for now while we roll out, and yeah, take it from there. Um, was it the king of Rio? I don't know if you wanted to have a bit of a yeah, have a chat there, mates. Um,
2: hey Dove. Hey, thanks for bringing me up. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, just a quick question on uh, on scaling uh, as you know, we double, triple quadruple the number of users, uh, it, what's the plan to handle uh, the bandwidth or the traffic uh, moving
1: forward? Yeah, so good question. I mean, Hans, I don't know if you want to talk more on this. Um, so like just from my side, what's been, um, you know, what's been going on with Kujira at the moment, just so you know, is that we've been moving to like a very, very, very uh, decentralized infrastructure, which um, it might have it, it might have been seen before. Um, I'm not saying this is super novel, but we've been really, really because if you think about it, you know, look at all the regulations, you know, look at everything that's going on. It's been important to us to have the basic infrastructure of Kujira um, very decentralized because. That that really is it, right? If if, if if someone comes along and says, "Well, who's running?" You know, all this. It's like, well, you know, loads of people, right? Which literally makes it decentralized. So, yeah, Hans, I don't know if you want to comment further on that.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you you're exactly right. In what you say there to so speak to kind of like the I guess the technical side of things. Um, yeah, I think I I, think I speak to quite kind of uh to kind of my sort of more kind of web 2 startup uh experience and and you get a lot of non-technical founders that that look for technical people that know how to build like scalable systems and and like there isn't such a thing as like a scalable system like, you have to respond to the the demands that your platform or your product requires um and 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 so, like, preemptively scaling something is is generally a bad idea because you are generally wrong about where you need to scale things uh, and the places you think you're going to be have bottlenecks. You end up not having bottlenecks and you've spent work and you've wasted time um, optimizing them. So, the more pragmatic way of, of handling scaling is to is to just grow and scale and make sure you have the monitoring and have the visibility, whether that's programmatic monitoring and you get alerts or whether you are dialed into your community and you hear people when they say, look, this is just taking forever to load. Um, and then you respond to it and and you spend a bit of time and you figure out why, why that bit slow, what's causing that. And, and, and then you move forward and, 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 and fix that. And there's, there's, there's always a solution to a scaling problem. You never have a system that's like, well, we now have reached the physical limitations of this. We cannot scale any further. Um, it's an incredibly rare thing. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's generally the approach that, that, that we've been taking is you can, like, we're not going to sit here and waste a lot of time preemptively optimizing things that will probably never need optimizing, um, which you know, the, 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 that, that allows us to move faster, allows us to ship better products and bring things to market faster. Um, and the compromise there is that sometimes things get a little bit slower for a little bit of time until we speed them up.
1: Yeah, nice. I mean, uh, yeah. Hopefully that answers. So, yeah. That, so, it, in terms of Kujira, like we we're not. This is a, this is kind of another mainly maybe like philosophical points or whatever. You know, sometimes people go like, "Are oh, you moving too fast?" Um, so we're moving fast on the things that we know we can, right? Not the things that we that we know we can't. Um, and this has been the approach for. I mean, if you think about Web Two like pretty much anyone who's done it well there's books about this you know you you read about like move fast break things blah 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 there's all these things right so from a sort of like ui slash ux perspective we are we are happy with moving fast because it it makes more sense right like it it's good to let the community kind of Give you the feedback, and yes, we totally get it. You know, and just a reminder, you know, eight months in, um, so much we 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 wanting to achieve, but this whole like decentralized um, infrastructure is a is a really important piece, and I know that it, I get it. You know, it seems weird to people, like, hey, maybe change your RPC. By the way, physically changing your RPC isn't going to be a thing in the new f- in the in the near future. But what it comes down to is us actually believing in pushing forward and trying, not trying, literally creating um, a truly decentralized system from end to end. So, um, yeah, lots of lots of talk around open source, lots of talk around decentralization, all these things. These are all things that we are purposefully pushing towards. So um, there's going to be teething issues, but at the end of the day, you know, Gojira is going to come along and be an organization that is pretty much spread around by all over the world. And you talk about Mike talking about the DAO and people getting involved. They're going to be like spread around so much that it really isn't a single entity anymore. It's literally community owned, and so I think it's kind of somewhat ironic that, I, which I get by the way. I totally understand. Kujira's almost got the opposite name for that, and and I understand that you know, closed source, all these like heavy terms. But the reality is that we're actually aiming for something. Literally the reverse, like literally to the opposite of that, really being completely decentralized, completely open. But we just are trying to be careful on each of those steps. So anyway, I hope that answers the question, man. And uh yeah, we're always just striving for for, for this greater goal, which is going to actually be a Kajira that's just a system that runs really on its own. Um, because that's what you need, right? You don't need like one or two or three or whatever people like bottlenecking something. Um, at the end of the day. And we need to create these systems that can basically run from a purely decentralized um, uh, point of view. So, yeah.
2: Got it. Hey, thanks for, for the, the reply. Just one more question for you. Uh, is there any um, a- any more information on cross-chain uh, for Orca? Yeah.
1: So, um, so cross-chain on Orca has been interesting. Obviously, we got a little bit a little bit tied down because you know we had to do this pivot, and um, it came at a time where we were already speaking to folks like Akala. Um, they had an unfortunate uh, situation, of course, with their stablecoin, and they've been rectifying that. So, just to let you all know, the EVM uh, queue and 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 app for Orca is 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 done. Right, it's it, it's good to go. Obviously, when it comes to new markets, it, um, there's a few tweaks that need to go on here and there. But so the Orca thing is pretty interesting. Like it, people love it and they love the fact that the community can get involved and all the rest of it. But I think what people on the call need to understand is that probably a lot of these markets are running their own bots even, right? So it's a weird it's a it's a bit of a long sell, but it works, right? So these people are going okay. So we either forfeit our own profit, like basically liquidating our own users, or we bring the users in and let them kind of benefit. So it's it, it's it's an interesting angle. Akala got it straight away, and as I say, like we would have been we would have been launched on Akala literally. Four or five months ago already, and and it's going to happen. But as I say, it was just a purely. So I think what you're going to see is once we are, once we are out in that ecosystem, you know, now, now suddenly there's a polka dots um, ecosystem where people can come along and natively, by the way, you know, literally connect their their familiar wallets and all the rest of it. It's not even there's no real concern as to Kujira, except obviously the stakers get the rewards. But yeah, it's. Um, We've got, I think, like 22 conversations open. And I think what people are going to see is when the first iteration of that goes out, much like it did in, in, in the cosmos, right? So you look at the cosmos, we started on Terra. Now we obviously are our own chain, Orca's is up and running. There's many people who are kind of getting in touch. But I think, I think it's just a timing thing. I think people need to come along and kind of watch it happening, Because, I mean, we believe strongly and why not? So here's the thing. Either you let your users bid on liquidations until the point that the bid threshold gets lower, in which case those bots get their, you know, get their earnings regardless if it goes under that threshold. So in case people don't know, let's say, for example, there's a Atom USDC market, whatever. If... um, there's a threshold that is set on every market, right? Let's say it's $10,000 worth of bids just for argument's sake. So what actually happens is, if, if the level of bids in Orca comes below that threshold and that can be set per market, what then happens is the, the activation window falls away, which is really the key thing, right? Because if you have an activation window, um of say 10 minutes it doesn't really matter how long it basically reduces the bot's ability to gain from that because yeah for for a bunch of reasons but if you think about it you can't instantly front run a market whereas once it falls below that threshold these bots are able to come in and there's no activation window and they can bid up to the max percentage so it's 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 a lot of Again, like a lot of what we've been saying, there's a lot of education around it. People love the idea of the community getting involved. But yeah, there's often a lot of kind of murky stuff around how they do liquidations. And so it's kind of a long journey for us because it's not the norm. And there are a lot of people that stand to lose a lot of money, right? It's like pure disruption. It's, um, it's kind of uncomfortable. To be honest, it's it's uncomfortable for a lot of protocols, a lot of liquidators, all the rest of it. But we kind of have to be steadfast in our belief that you know a multi-billion-dollar industry shouldn't be um, you know hidden away from the general public, Um, because obviously, right? If you can have a system where the general public can get first access and it's human first, and then after that the bots can come in, that seems a lot more you know, decentralized crypto, blockchain, whatever terms you want to throw in. So yeah, Um Akala have been in constant touch. You know, we're going to be, we'll be on Polkadot soon. And I think that's going to lead to a lot more. And yeah, plenty of conversations and stuff. But yeah, just wanted to explain the kind of nuances involved there. Great. Thanks, Dev. Appreciate it. No worries, man. Yeah, cool, peeps. So yeah, I guess you've been going like quite a long time. You know, I don't want to, Kind of cut anyone off. I think, yeah, there's no more requests. And just wanted to say thank you very much. And I hope this was um, informative because we want people to kind of understand what we're doing, hear us speak, you know, kind of understand all the all the different elements that are at play here, and all the different people that are involved. And that's only going to grow. So anyway, just wanted to say thank you very much, everyone. Like, love you loads, and yeah, have a good evening or day or whatever. And we, we'll chat super soon. Big love.
0: Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was A Chinwag with Hans, Brett, Dove, and special guests. Recorded on Thursday, March 30th, 2023. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. nothing if you want to...
3: Keep listening.
0: Head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support back. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay. Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way. Resuscitating major players in the waiting room. Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools. Breaking rules, breaking bad like we always wait for dooms. Slayed a few in my early years, often hit the shroom. Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news to let us know what we should believe as the latest truth. Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio. Trying to keep it well. It like filming a movie roll Sorting through support from your endorsements Of course we're tripping balls Handed reports it The latest proof ain't a way to move Change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads Living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner Finger licking like the plate is gizzle. kick it for a minute Then show show me what that thinker do Two plus two Show me what that thinker do Two plus two Show me what that thinker do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two i spaces.